So welcome to another episode of the Swamp Inside Florida Athletics. I'm your host, Anthony Beckel, on my co-host. I am Breezy I.I., a.k.a. Jerry, or vice versa. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How you doing on this fine Sunday afternoon, not, even though? I am not doing well. This is going to be an episode where I unleash everything. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> he he pretty much put it at best. I'm, I'm going to do it, too. This is a state of emergency. This is a special episode, people. This is a state of emergency that we are in right now, <laughs> that the Florida football program is in right now. So, as y'all know, Florida got the brakes beat off of them last night by a <laughs> terrible South Carolina team who had a third-string quarterback from a from an FCS school like them, pretty much like them up. That, that pretty much lets you know how bad things are right now. So, Jerry, I'm going to let you go first. Get, go, go ahead. Take away Unleash. Bro, I usually I usually go back and watch film on the games. I will not watch a piece of that game. Not this week. Not this week. What I saw was flat out embarrassing. It pissed me off. I saw no effort. I saw no team camaraderie. I saw no urgency from Dan Mullen. I watched Dan Mullen pace the sidelines, walking back and forth from 40 to 40, 30 to 30, without a single ounce of expression on his face. When we gave up 200 yards to a team that couldn't run the ball, I saw no expression. I saw nobody on the field wanting to be there. I saw a team deflated. And as I sat there and watched that, I thought about all the episodes we've done, bro, since February, March. And why the freak, why the freak are we putting in more effort in our podcast to what Dan Mudd is into this football program? I freaking refuse. I, I refuse to let this team mess with my mental health. Like, bro, I swear on everything. These niggas are pissing me off. And, you know, it's not even the kids, bro. It's not the kids. It's the coaching staff. You are a grown You are a grown man in charge of a program, in charge of kids' lives. It's supposed to be impacting them. And you give up on them. Midway through the season, you give up on them. You focus on one position group. Start off, Dan Mullen. You, start, you focus on one position group. And once that goes to trash, you quit on the team. You freaking quit on the team. Like, bro, I, I, I have no words with how frustrated and how angry I am with this. And Scott Strickland, you can pack your bags right now, bro. You can pack your bags. Like, I swear, bro, I want everything clean. Uh, Savage, we're getting blown up. We're getting blown up by LSU, LSU backups and South Carolina backups. And we're supposed to be with relentless effort, lifting weights, all these videos. Man, please. We've been getting blown up. We've been freaking getting blown up week after week after week. Mm. Miss me all Man. that bull crap, bro. Miss me all the bull crap because th- this just ain't it, bro. This just ain't it. A whole lot of capping going around, bro. Like, nah, I'm I'm good on all this, bro. Like for real, I'm so good on this program, dog. Mm. I don't think y'all, y'all. I don't think we ever heard Jared this upset. I mean, this is – it's crazy because the crazy thing – the thing is, 
I agree 100% with everything you said because, as you said, you know, last night, now I know they had to battle the flu bug, but regardless of that, it's no excuse for the fact that they went out there, played with no energy, no effort, no heart. They pretty much, they, I'm going to just say right now, this coaching staff, well, Dan Mullen in particular, like you said, quit on this scene. Yep. But you know what? I'm going to go a step further. Because of that, this thing's quitting on the coaches, the entire coaching staff. Yes, bro. They are, they are quitting on the entire coaching staff. And as a former athlete, I can't even believe these words are about to leave my mouth. I don't blame them one bit for quitting on this coaching staff. Because I don't either. If, if, if they're not going to put in the effort to take games seriously, to coach with relentless effort and live up to the Gator standard like they preach, why should they want to play for him? I mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, well, I'm trying so hard not to not to let some of these bad words. No, no. I'm trying so hard, but and you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and apologize. I know my mom and dad listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and apologize, and I'm probably gonna get get some flack for this. But the coaching staff don't give a damn. They don't. <laughs> they don't. They clearly don't. You can see it in Mullen's face. Things went from bad to worse last night. And you can just see the look on his damn face. He just don't care. Okay. He's just sitting there with a look on his face like, like oh, well. Like, just all not so much. I don't, I don't understand. Look, my, grand, my grandmama would put in a better effort coaching the scene than he is right now. And I look at it like this. If you're not going to care, if you're not going to put in the effort, you need to step down right now, and I agree with you 100. percent Scott Strickland, he he he, he, he they pack their bags and get bro, too. Bro, we talked about it earlier. He let something slide at the women's basketball. This man is a fraud, bro. He over here letting a, a coach, a head coach, abuse women mentally. Bro, get out of here, bro. He can freak, bro. I swear, like, oh my god. There were literally three players on that team that said they attempted suicide. Oh my god, bro. Because of that, and you let it slide. So Straight you were in a bad position already. But now you have a head football coach coaching the leading program right now that's the biggest moneymaker on campus. And he's acting like he don't care. Now you've got a second problem. Now on top of that, you you already under investigation yourself anyway. So you might want to uh, step in and be like, you know what? Even though I still don't have a lot of heat on me, I might have to make a change right here. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, changes are coming. They coming, bro. They coming, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they they ain't finalized by the end of this upcoming week. To be quite honest, because there's a lot of noise, bro. We've been here before. We've been here before, like 2014. We were yep. here because you remember, whatever, bro. That that Missouri game it ended it all for for uh, for Will Muschamp. That Missouri game was the end all be all, and we knew it. We knew it, just like the Georgia game for. McElwain, we knew it. And this game, this game last Saturday, they had that same exact feeling because I think as Gator fans, bro, like when we see a game like that and we know the season is like ending, we can, we, it's like we don't want to watch, but we're just like glued to it because I don't know why. We're just fans, but it's like you can feel it. Like you can feel the shift, bro. Like you can feel the shift. And like again, bro. As I was watching last night, 
I saw, and this is a whole nother segment, bro. Damian Pierce uh, topic. I see a kid, Damian Pierce. AB. He was pissed. Correct me if I'm wrong. Damian Pierce. Has he done anything wrong since he's been on campus? Like, no. Grades no. wise, personality wise, I mean, no. He's been a stand up student. The student, the, the student body that they love. They say he's one of the best people there. Damien, he's bro. done nothing wrong. He's been a model student. He's a great student in the classroom. So you know he's getting it done there. That that's that's the impressive thing with me. He gets Players it done in the weight room. Work, I love that. He's getting it done in the classroom. He's done nothing wrong. Bro, you give him what one like you give him one carry the whole game, and then at the end of the game you give him a few carries. Damian Pierce five weren't garbage time. I don't get that. He bro, he was committed to Alabama. He could have went to Alabama. Well, wasn't Alabama or Georgia? Alabama, right? Yeah, he was committed to Alabama. He could have gone to Alabama and been their best running back right now, and I'm not joking. He, in my opinion, he's better than Robinson. And this kid has done nothing. As soon as he stepped on campus, matter of fact, he saved Dan Mullen's uh, uh, tail was against uh, against South Carolina two say years the ago. Word, man, just say the word. <laughs> he saved him two years ago against South Carolina, and you neglect the running game. You don't give him a shot, bro. A senior that's done nothing but be a great stand-up teammate. He's played with teams that have done nothing but pass the ball. He's done – Damian Pierce has sat there and decided to block. He's done everything he's been asked to do. And you don't even give him a chance. Like, that's pitiful. And, like, Dan Mullen's being a coward. He's being a fraud. He's being a wimp. He's he's arrogant. And, he's and I'm, arrogant. I'm he, sick of it. I mean oh, – Jesus Christ. And, and the, the crazy thing is with this game, you knew it was gonna be a weird game when we came out through the ball like ten or eleven straight times. Bro, I was without, like, what else? Do we, we even have a single rushing attempt in the first quarter? Dog, I don't even know. I don't even think maybe we had one, like one with Malik Davis, and we started Malik Davis. Pitiful. Like, and on top, and on top of that, like, I mean, Emory, Emory hit some passes. I'm not gonna lie, he hit some passes. And that second drive after they they didn't get anything on the first drive. That second drive, he hit some passes, so he, he looked decent throwing the ball. He did, he did. But your strength is running the ball, and you're playing a team that's one of the worst rushing defenses in the country. And one of the, the best SEC, in the country. And one of the best back ends, like you're throwing the ball down the field at guys who get intercepted. South Carolina made their money with Torian Gray. Oh, yeah. Torian I was going to say, yeah, yeah, and guess him. who that DB coach is? <laughs> it's ironic. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I, I mean, I... Dog, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, and you know what's crazy, bro? A.B., bro, like, I know. Like, you're you're a real Gator. Like, we're real Gator fans, bro. Like, we know. Remember when we had Torian Gray back with T's Tabor and them, bro? Like, yeah. I mean, we, they were elite. We knew, like we knew, Torian was a good coach. We knew, and then Dan the Mullen got an NFL job after that season. He got an NFL job, bro, and like he put together a secondary that that ended up getting guys in the NFL. And then we bring him back 
you know, we're kind of like, oh, this might be good, but this might be good. Torian Gray coached up Marco Wilson, who is now making an impact right now at the Cardinals. He coached up Hendo. He coached up all these guys, you know, making impacts right now. But then you go and you fire him to keep your best friend, Todd Grantham. You fired the best coach we've had. Now, Ron English, I get it and I don't get it because the safeties look decent under him. But at the same time, like the safety rotation was a problem. But at the same time, it it literally makes you wonder this, though, Jerry. It makes you wonder this. Was Mm -hmm. it English and Gray rotating the DBs? Or was Grantham doing it the whole time? It wasn't, it, bro. I'm telling you right now, it was Todd Grantham. Because when we had Tory, when we had Torian back then, I could tell you right now, like, bro, I, I can't even tell you, like, the past few years, who the heck we had on the field most of the time. We spit it so much. When we had Torian Gray, it was Tease. It was CGJ when he was younger. We had uh, Quincy, Wilson, Quincy Wilson, Marcel Harris, and Marcus May. You could count on it. They were going to be out there. Nobody was throwing the ball on them. You were not throwing the ball on them boys. But now you bring it, bro. Oh my God. We bring in uh Trevez. We have in Jadarius Perkins. We have in uh Mordecai McDaniel. We bring in uh well Torrance should be out there every single play unless he butt dog tired. But uh Torrance, we have Trey Dean. Uh before Elijah Blaze left, we had him out there. And I mean, even with Elijah Blaze leaving, like these should be signs like something's going on. Andrew Chatfield. Andrew Chatfield has done nothing. He did nothing freaking wrong his whole career. And he left. Seniority. Loyalty. is biting you in the butt because you're being loyal to coaches. You're being loyal to seniors. I, I, I don't care. If you got better players who are younger, put them out there and keep them out there. And we put Bogle in at the end of the game. We put Bogle in the end of the game where he's supposed to be at and he makes a play. Like, Oh God, bro! Oh my! It's, fr- God. it's frustrating. Oh it's frustrating. Like I, like I don't, under- I don't understand how you put guys like Bogle out there. You put guys. You know what? I'm gonna bring this up too. Mm-hmm. The 55 yard catch. Who made that catch? Bro, don't even get me started, bro. Don't even get me started, who, bro. Who, who made that catch? Who was it? Dog, we said. We said in the spring, put Marcus Burke on the field. Exactly. We said put him on the field because he could be our one of our best perimeter players. He gets out there and he catches a pass in like double coverage. And I'm like, wow, we put our best we put our best vertical threat out there. Mm. Put him and put him out there for one play. Did not see him again. Did not see him again. It's like, and then we, you know, I, I think we put him out there for like another, another two plays, but it's like Dan, and then bro, this is what makes you sick too, bro. This is what makes you sick, bro. Dan Mullen, all right. So Dan Mullen, he gave from the team, but Dan Mullen gave up on the QBs. He gave up on, he gave up on AR, and he gave up on Emory. And I knew, and I knew, bro, because I remember watching the. What was it? Uh, I forgot which game. Matter of fact, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the USF game. It was like he was trying to prove a point, 
Yep. But again, I brought it up before. It's like he's coaching against the fan base, not against the opposite team. So he he puts he he, he admitted, bro. What coach? What coach? Like this is this is an example of things that we accepted under Dan Mullen that no other coach would do. Why would you put your quarterback in a position to fail? He literally said he puts his quarterbacks in tough situations on purpose. Like, all right, I I get the quarterback coaching, but isn't that done during practice? Yeah, you do that in practice. You don't do that in a game. You do it in a game. So people think that this kid, and don't get me wrong, Emory stroke this year, but people think that this kid is absolutely the worst quarterback we've had ever. And that's just yeah, not Scott the Morning they, They're getting out of control. Right, right. And it's like, bro, it's not the freaking case. Dan, Dan, first of all, he said that he puts him in tough situations on purpose. And if you're planning on checking out, if you're checking out and you're leaving, why are you putting him in tough situations? Because you're not going to be coaching him after this. You make AR like a complete fool against Georgia. For what reason? You're running to your quarterback a thousand times, and now your quarterback one is concussed. Yep. Like, it, stuff it, you can't make up, bro. You can't make it up, bro. Yeah, it, it, it's been a problem the entire time because I – I don't understand just how um how how you do that. Like in a game, in the middle of a game, you're putting quarterbacks in bad spots, making them look like idiots out there, and we know they're smarter than that. Bro, but, bro, I'm trying to tell you, bro, they're smarter, bro. I'm telling you, they're smarter. They're smarter, bro. And and I know we I know we done we done got on to the quarterback play and all that. We we have. But now it's like it's making us question everything now. Is it really them looking bad or is Dan Mullen himself making them look bad? Like, we have to legit ask these questions. Bro, I feel like Dan's sabotaging, bro. I'm not going to cap because you have – all right, bro, and this is my issue before too because, like, I I was over here watching the games and I'm like, all right, Emory, you shouldn't have thrown that. But look at the routes being ran. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, the routes are terrible, and they are trash. Like this is my thing. As a former wide receiver, running crisp routes is a very important aspect of playing the position. Man, if you don't run crisp routes, you're gonna make the quarterback look bad. And it's it's gonna look like a bad throw, and it's really not. Bro, so many times last night. And, you know, man, like, I, I've i been trying my hardest, bro. I'm trying my Lord have mercy. Say it. Just say it. A few it. times. A few times. And this, this is why I say, like, the kids are giving up. Emory is, like, as a quarterback, you have to throw the ball. Like, you got to throw the ball. There was a pass that Emory threw in the end zone to Cope, and Cope did not put his hands up. He didn't even – he didn't even try – Nope. He, he just looked down and just walked back, and I said, "Oh my god!" I said, "Oh my, oh my god!" Like this is not good, bro. It's just like that can't happen. It just can't. It cannot. It can't, bro. And like I'm thinking about all the times we saw Kadarius Tony go out there. Kadarius Tony, 
It doesn't matter. Man, you see Kadarius Tony right now. He sticks up for Daniel Jones. This man, we know Daniel Jones ain't like that, but he Kadarius tries his hardest every single game. He don't moan and whine and complain too much. He just go out there and try to do his job. We have guys now, and again, I feel like this is on the staff. With the egos and everything. Exactly. We have guys we have guys now that don't care, bro. Like they don't care about trying to like be the best they can for their teammates. You see wide receivers like usually wide receiver group, bro. They, you know, hey, communicate with the quarterback. Hey, you know, supposed to do this, this, and this. You see Emory Jones going like somewhere on the sideline. He ain't even talking to wide receivers. He's just staring out in space. Yeah, because you got guys on the scene. I'm gonna just call them. I'm, I ain't gonna call them out by name, but I'm gonna just call them out as a team. You got guys on the scene that are freaking selfish, entitled, got huge egos, think they better than what they are. And oh, like you not. If last night was any indicator of what y'all really are, and y'all still can't understand it and see that, then we can't help you. Nobody can help you. And the bad part about it is, too, if people don't want to talk about it, it's some of the guys that Dan Mullen brought in his first class. Yikes. Exactly. Your leaders, exactly. your alphas. Like, bro, do you – like, Sean Davis – was tweeting last night basically saying, y'all said it was back when players that was the problem. We can't say that no more. Man, them boys got down an extension. Exactly. We can't say that anymore. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't... Oh, I'm trying not to... I'm, I'm trying not to... Again. <laughs> I'm trying so hard because... No, because I'm, 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 I'm pissed. I'm pissed because we as fans, we want to see this program win. We know we know we better than this, but this is what the third straight head coach where in year four, we look like complete dog crap. It's like this one doesn't even care. These must have cared. McWay, we don't know what he was on. Bowman <laughs> doesn't seem like he cared. <laughs> so, well, we know what he was on. Well, I ain't going to say that. Never mind. <laughs> Bro, you know, and I, you know, everybody talks about recency bias, bro, but this ain't no recency bias, bro, because I, you know, I quote unquote let go of that rope, I think, after the LSU game, as far as like, you know, I, bro, I'm sure most of us have, like, we've been watching to kind of see how team, how the team responds to the culture. We want to see if our culture is straight. And from what I've seen, our culture is worse than it was on the Must Champ. And you've, we've had recent players say that. I think it – bro, if I'm being real, I remember watching Florida when, when McIlwain dipped, right? Right. We went to South Carolina because South Carolina is always a game that kind of tells, bro. We went to South Carolina, and we played with heart. You know, C.J. Henderson got an interception, got tackled, fumbled the ball. Chauncey Gardner got a big-time interception. Kadarius Tony had a really, really big play. And we put ourselves in a position to kind of compete. Last night – Ab, oh I think God. I think those guys, bro. I think Dan Mullen's lost the guys more than what that stat. Because yeah, think about it. We had Randy Shannon then. Remember those kids like Randy Shannon. Like, yeah, they were Randy Shannon guys. These players don't like nobody on that staff, dog. Nobody on the staff. Maybe David Turner, possibly. And I'm at a point with David Turner. He can slide too. I don't care. I want every 
everybody, every single person gone. Every single person. I we have to start fresh. Everybody can slide. I'm not making no excuses for nobody. Nope. And we're After- talking about this locker room being lost. Jerry. What did I write? Three, what did I write three weeks ago after the LSU game? What was what? What did I write? Boys divided, bro. And see, the I'm gonna just put this out. I ain't gonna put the person. I ain't gonna put the people out. But I was told that um, I was wrong for saying that Damon lost his locker room. Here we are, three bro, weeks away. Please DM me. Please DM me. Who told you you were wrong, bro? Three because three weeks later, look like, still still look like the locker room. Do look like the locker room lost to you? Because it looked like it to me, bro. We talked about this. We've been talking about this for two. We've been talking about this for a month. When we were and after the, you said what you said after the LSU game, right? Yeah, it was after it was after the LSU game. I wrote it maybe two three days later and we had it published. That he lost the locker room and, and the fan base, he, and it's like you you play football, right? Yep. How how far along football wise did you play? All the way up through high school? No, no, no. I had to stop. I had to stop right when I got to high school for some health stuff. But oh, okay. But but thing. you still you still play, and so right, right, right. High school. Yeah. We are both former football players. We not stupid. And this and thing is, bro, we know when a coach has lost the locker room. It's sports, like. In exactly. every sport you play, in every sport you play, you know when the coach has lost the locker room. Like in basketball, bro, because I played basketball for a while. It's like whenever, whenever you put in so much work for a specific scheme or you know a, a, a playbook or you know anything, you you really you really get frustrated when it's not working well. And so it's important that you have a coach to kind of reassure you that what you're doing. You know, it's going to pay, pan off. But when you see that coach is giving up on players, you don't want to play for the coach. You don't want to play for the coach. Now, you and your homeboys, now you and your homeboys over here, man, screw coach, bro. He be he be doing this and this and this. Nah, screw all that, bro. I'm over there. I'm getting mine. I'm getting mine. I'm putting up points or I'm getting tackles. I'm getting touchdowns. Screw all y'all. And then it goes from the certain clicks in the locker room. Oh, bro, we did what we supposed to do. We did what we supposed to do. They just ain't doing what they're supposed to do. And now you have about 20, 20 different cliques all making noise, not playing for one another. All because of the coach giving up on the kids. You feel what I'm saying? Yep. And we've been there, bro. We, we, we've been there as athletes. As, it's just, bro, that's in anything, bro. It's in anything. Exactly. It's You're so- exactly right because... You know, in high school, like I had, I had two different football coaches. Mm-hmm. I had two different baseball coaches too. But because it's funny, after my junior year, I had a new football coach and a new baseball coach. It was, right. it was wild how that even worked out. But football wise, after my third, my junior year, I'll say this: really, my sophomore year, the head coach kind of lost the locker room. It only culminated at the, during my junior year when right. he really lost us. Right, yeah. right, right. Favoritism, right. people, him playing favoritism, running the same old, outdated offense that nobody wanted to run. Right. And it eventually got, it, we eventually had to make a change. We had a new coach come in, 
And although record-wise, we may not have been great. We were way more competitive. Everybody was having more fun. The circumstances beyond our control cost us a lot of games. And by circumstances beyond our control, I'm talking to guys in the zebra-colored um, uniforms out there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but um, we, we had more fun. We, we were more competitive. We were more enthusiastic. We wanted to play for this coach. So, and he had a new a newer offense that was more up to speed. Everybody loved it. Everybody did. And so, it didn't take it didn't take him long to bring us back because we we knew a change was needed. So once that happens, I feel like you're gonna get more a new a new sense of a new sense of urgency mm-hmm. for the players. More energy. They're gonna have more fun. Like a change has got to be made. Like what what I'm saying is. Jerry and I know what a lost locker room looks like. We know what the ingredients are. Yep. This locker room's been lost since the LSU game. They've been lost. Since, since after lost. the LSU game. Y'all heard Mahmoud Diabati's post-game comments after that game. You knew the locker room was lost then. So it's like, at this point, there's no more excuses for this coaching staff. And like I said, I can't blame the players for not wanting to play for this staff if, they, if that's what if that's what it's come to. I can't blame them for that. Dude isn't even likable, bro. He's not likable. Like you're arrogant. You have a huge ego. People trying to help you. You don't want their help. Oh, that sounds familiar, don't it? I wonder why the coach was like that. Uh huh. And how did he end up? Yeah, he's at Central Michigan right now. And let me let's also clear something out of the air real fast. All right. So apparently, Damon checked out after NFL teams came calling, and we know NFL teams probably came calling after the 2018 year. But you know, he probably thought you know he built Kyle Trask and this and this. So last year, I'm assuming that it, it probably you know probably weighed on him a little bit more, right? You know, NFL teams this and that need the offense. After this season, who's hiring Dan Mullen in the NFL? Nobody. I mean, I, you, so I don't think anybody was interested in him last year. I think that was his agent doing that. It had to be. It had to be because there's no he can't manage a game. So and on top of that, he's not playing his best players. Bro, imagine imagine wanting a quarterback to manage the game when you can't even manage the game. He said he said he said AR, he said AR is out here. He's not managing the game well enough and He's uh, not making the right reads. But you as the QB guru, right? Right. You can't even manage a football game. You can't you can't manage time. You can't manage timeouts. You don't know how to close a half. You're calling plays to set up quarterbacks to freaking fumble the ball and all types of bull crap at the end of the first half. Lose momentum. I've never seen I've never seen Dan Mullen seize momentum. Matter of fact, you know, I'm gonna say the one time he did was against LSU in 2018. I think that yeah. might have been one time. Other than that, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. 2019 right, so, Auburn, he did. 2019 Auburn. Well, are we? Ab, are we sure? Hey, we we turned we were turning the ball over early that game. Because if if not for Sean Davis and Donovan Steiner with them interceptions, if it was if they had any other quarterback besides Bo Nix, bro. I'm telling you, we you lose. Lost. We lose that game, bro. Dan Mullen has not seized. I'm telling you, dog. 
Cause we were, you remember Adam Shu was on uh, last night on the um the he Fire was Mullins in, day. in the space last night, telling us. No. Like, it's like wild. And I get it, I get it, bro. I, like Adam, if you listen to this, but I get it, bro. You gotta take up for it, you know, saying because that was your coach and you play for him, you know, in the relationship. But Adam, one thing we we can't forget, bro, is that numbers don't lie. And not everybody going to tell the same lie. And body language tells everything. When you see your middle linebacker, supposed to be the leader of your group, give up on you as a coordinator, you're in deep trouble, man. Yeah, and and I understand what you were trying to say, too, because he's, he's right when he says Todd Grantham's system is very complex. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how like how easy would it be to dumb it down for the players so they can fully understand what they're doing out there? It's a pro system, but you would think if it's that complex, if it's that difficult, dumb it down to where Man. they can they can see where they know where they're going. Like, bro, I, put it this way: I never thought in my life, I never thought in my life, I would agree with Danny Cannell. No, Danny's like, right. Did, like, did did you did you see the tweet by Danny Cannell? Which one did he say? He's he on Twitter a lot. What did he say last night? I he, remember agreeing. I'm gonna read one. one. Here it is. Dan Bowen last year admitted his team threw in the towel after the SEC championship game, and he right. and he seemed cool with it. When you allow quitting to become acceptable behavior, it becomes habit. He's a hundred percent. Yep, that's right. that's what it was. Yep, that's what it was. That's what it was. He's one hundred percent right. That's what it was. I never thought because he's had some wild takes and we never usually agree with him. I never thought in my life I would agree with him right there. I mean, my, send I mean, my God. That's gonna make you shake your head, bro. Like that, like that is is absolutely wild. Like, I, I, I don't. And it's, bro, it's been a lot of stuff I've been trying to, like, not say because I'm trying to give, I'm, I try to give Dan the benefit of the doubt for two, two, three years. Like, you know, hey, this isn't this. I'm not going to lie. I made a lot of excuses for stuff that I knew should have never happened. At no point, bro, I don't care. We are the Florida Gators. At no point are you supposed to lose to Missouri at home. On homecoming, bro. You're not supposed to be down double digits to South Carolina at home. And we, we did both of those in the same year. And we're not supposed to lose to Kentucky. And not supposed to lose to Kentucky. Twice. This man is one and two against Kentucky, one and three against Georgia, one and three against LSU, who fired Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Do you know how freaking embarrassing that is? Dude, Ed or Ed Orgeron is out of there. There, no, he's out of there. And his team's fighting harder for him than our uh, our team is for Dan. They, they, bro, they almost beat Alabama yesterday. And not, and not an Alabama team that you know has been just lax just because you know they're undefeated. This Bama team lost to Texas A and M, and they're hungry, but somehow. Ed mustard, you know, some type of energy out of this team to get them to play hard for Alabama. 
Meanwhile, South Carolina absolutely obliterates Florida with the FCS quarterback. Mm. And the tweet that Jared just sent me, y'all, I'm going to read this off. <laughs> because y'all have to understand that both of these coaches were fired to save Todd Grantham's butt. This tweet says, and shout out to Patrick Simpson for this tweet. That's that's one of my guys on Twitter. Even though he's he's a Titans fan, I know, babe, man, if you listen to this podcast, I know you're suffering right now with the Derrick Henry injury. I am too because he was on my fantasy team. But um, this is what he tweeted: Ron English and Torian Gray got the boot, and their current teams are number eleven and number twelve in pass defense. Torian Gray is at South Carolina, who just obliterated Florida. And and Ron English is at Purdue, who just who just beat Michigan State. <laughs> Yet they both got the boot to save Todd Grantham's behind. And the guys you replace them with, Crime Dog, I, I understand. Crime Dog, good coach. Let's be real, he's a good coach. Yep. So I understand that one. Jules Montanar is the other one. Inexperienced, has never really coached cornerbacks at the college level. Well, at least at the big level. And the two guys you fired have a better pass defense than who we have right now. Make it make sense, people. Like, like, like I don't. There are no words. I'm trying not to say it. Maybe there are no words. Like, there are no words. For what we saw last night. What we saw last night was absolutely freaking pathetic. It was pathetic. Lord, I don't I can't go back and watch this film, bro. There's just no way I can go back and watch oh, this. Oh, I'm not going back and watch watching this film. I saw I saw good enough what I saw yesterday. I saw it live. We can't kick field goals, Anthony. Don't even have a kicker. You that You don't have a kicker, bro. We we, we really don't have a kicker. Like you don't that. Have a kicker. The in our the kicker that we're gonna have is in high school right now, and we spent a lot of time. We wasted a lot. Of, I'm gonna tell you something, bro. We wasted a lot of time, like debating back and forth with each other, like everybody on Twitter about certain players, when it was literally the coaching staff, bro. Like we argued about Steiner so much, but Steiner was out of position, bro. Like, yeah, he was. The the play the, the playbook that we that we were running for this kid him and uh, Sean Davis they were never in position to make plays that they're supposed to make. Now they made them like Sean Davis winning an interception against Auburn. That's the that stuff like, bro, he made that play like that was no design that he made that play on his own. I'm telling you right now. Mm. And now we see Trevez struggling. I mean, Mordecai struggling. It's just holy. We see trade, bro. Trade Dean went from. I'll never forget. I was looking at uh some like NFL draft scout uh, ranking stuff like that. Trade Dean's first year at Florida. He had a pretty like a really really good year with some talented guys around him. He was projected to be a first round pick, and now he may not get drafted. And it's sad because he's going to end up being one of those guys that may not get drafted. 
but then ends up going to a team and having a great career. Yep. And it, it's already happening with Marco Wilson, even though he was a fourth-round pick. Uh-huh. And he's showing that the talent was clearly there. Says a lot about your coaching staff. It's just – and, bro, like, even with Adam, bro, like I go back to talking about Adam Schuler on you. Did we really give Adam Schuler the best chance to go play pro ball? I mean, he was a good Clearly defensive we did. He was a good defensive tackle, bro. But like he said, there were just some plays where we got gashed. And, you know, he that's the issue, bro. Sometimes these kids blame themselves for this stuff. Like, that's the issue in itself. I mean, literally, all it takes for a coach to just simply put linebackers in gaps and that stops. You know what I mean? Like, right. People want to say that Todd Grantham's defense is a pro defense. Dude, I, I don't think I've ever seen a pro defense run some of the stuff he's running. I, I I just don't think I've seen it. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been this hard. We watch a lot of football. We see three linebackers in gaps. We see four down linemen. We see two safeties. And we see linebackers reacting, filling the gap, filling the holes, stopping simple trap counters. But what I don't see is one linebacker a lot. You know, I, I don't really see a lot of one linebacker sets with two bucks on the outside and a nickel here and a blitz. Bro, how many times do you see a safety blitz in the NFL? A delayed a delayed safety blitz on third and ten. How many times do we see that? Uh, I, I, I saw multiple times because I know uh, – I think Kair came on the corner blitz, what, once or twice? Yeah, yep. The trade, the, the trade dean, the trade dean blitz dog. It never works. We get beat all the whole time, and it never works. And see, and people wonder why recruiting is suffering. Man, there's your answer. Like that's your answer right there. These these recruits see it. Certain players are getting more playing time than others. You have a coach that looks like he's checked out and just don't care anymore. Coaches, are, hey, it's been a roll. I'm telling you that right now. Yep. It, I'm to the point where Dan Mullen will make changes by tomorrow. He got to go. He's not, bro. He's going to keep gonna keep Todd dead for because like, he needs them for mental support because he checked out too. That's the thing. He he's, bro, he's not going he's not going to make any changes himself. Because he knows he's about to be sliding out. So, we're going to have to deal with this for the rest of the year, bro. I don't see nothing changing. I don't know. I mean, Scott Strickland got a lot of heat on him. So, maybe he decided, you know what, I got a lot of heat on me. I got to do something to kind of get the heat off me, even though it's still going to be on him. He got to do something to try and get the heat off of him a little bit. And, bro, uh, you know may decide to, um, force. He may have his hand forced. Like, you know what? Like, we can't do this no more. <sighs> National early early signing day is in a month. And we had 13 total commits right now. We are cooked. We're cooked. It's, it's really a shame because we came into this season with, with some high expectations. And to see this season just continue to spiral out of control the way it is, 
It's it's time for a change. You you saw it's time for a change. You saw what I was listening to earlier today, right? Yep. You saw it. Change about Tupac. Yeah. <sighs> I, I it's gotten it's gotten to that point. Well, I was I was listening. And I was like, yep. Yeah. This man saw to the future, and knew this water program was gonna be like this. Bro, our program's in shambles. Like we 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 are in shambles right now. We we are in shambles. Like this, like this, this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. Like no, for no reason whatsoever should we be losing the way we're losing. Not just who we losing to, but the way we losing. This was a terrible. This South Carolina team beat Vanderbilt by one point. They should have lost that game. <laughs> And they both raced us by 23 points. Who scored a garbage time touchdown? Their coach didn't expect to win this game, bro. This <laughs> even winning the game at halftime. Oh, my God. You saw the look on his face. He was like, I'm not used to this. Huh? I mean, we're up right now. I'm not used to this. You know how Only- humiliating that is. <laughs> Only my school, bro. Only my school. Only my logo, bro. You can't make this up, man. You know, real quick, AB. You know, I was thinking, let's let's just let's just kind of do a rundown of the the whole season game by game, like, okay, kind of going back, like what we saw, uh, and we can just uh, both elaborate. Like, let's let's start off with the FAU game. Like, if you can remember, because you know now we're in a different state of mind. Like, we had some thoughts then. What Take me through what you saw that game. You said which one? The FAU game. We're going in order. This well, is a short, I, quick. First of all, later. what I saw was, like, first of all, what I saw was, you know, the team that came out, they came out firing on all cylinders early. But then right. Dan Mullen did what he did, what he's done all year, and got stagnant at one point. So when he got stagnant, you know, he's he started to kind of experiment a little bit. And when he did that, you know, you put Emory in a bad position. He throws a couple of interceptions. And we didn't even cover the spread that game. That, that we were what a what a we were 14, a dog. 24? 24, 25, maybe higher than that, maybe 30 somewhere. Yeah. Point favorite. Mm-hmm. We didn't even cover the spread, and it's like when that happened. And you said you went to the game. You were like, "Oh, okay." I, I kind of got a feeling how the season's gonna go. Right, you can ask my freaking girlfriend. <laughs> you took you took her to that game, Av, bro. You know, since we're there, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and run it down, bro. So I'm excited, bro. I'm, I'm, oh god, like Emory Jones year, Ar. Man, it should be a heck of a season. So you know, I get there. I'm. Very optimistic. And one thing I noticed out of the gate was uh, Emery looked a little – I'm not going to – like he, he was firing on all cylinders early, but he was kind of sluggish. I don't know. He, he was looked like he was second-guessing himself. And I got a little worried because there was some open gaps. Because where I was sitting, you could see everything. When you had them games, bro, you could see everything. Yeah. And there were some times Emory could have straight up ran the ball, bro, and he just refused. He was just sitting there. And I was exactly. Like, exactly. 
I'm like, man, this this is not cool, bro. So I'm I'm over telling my girl, I'm like, dude, this is. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. And then, on defense, we were getting gassed. I mean, gassed. And bro, immediately, like, I started panicking, bro. Like my mind, because we, bro, we're lifelong Gator fans. We know what a good defense post look like. We know what the Gator standard is. We got right. gashed by FAU. And I'm telling you, this, this guy that FAU had, bro, he's a, you know, solid kid. But he's no Devin Singletary. Like, he, he shouldn't be running on us like this. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, God. And then we do the two-quarterback system. We do two drives Emory and one drive AR. Mm-hmm. And I completely see Emory Jones just look just unsure. Rattle. I mean, it was like. The way Emory looked when AR came in was like he threw two interceptions before he even – it was like he screwed up before anything even happened. It was like he was defeated already. Yeah, it's, it's like he see, he sees AR come in and make a spectacular play, and he's like, oh, my God, I got to do that. I got to make a spectacular play myself. He starts to think too much. He starts to, like you said, panic a little bit. Yep. And instead of throwing the ball, he's aiming the ball. He's aiming in his mechanics. Different. His mechanics completely change, bro. His mechanics. He, it's like he's trying not to make a mistake throwing the ball, and that's where you make a mistake. When you right. try not to make a mistake and you start aiming it, you're that that's when it happens. That's what and that's what that's what I felt like his interceptions were. Mistakes where like he's aiming the ball, trying not to throw an interception. You right. can't do that. You just gotta just let it go and throw. Just it. let it go. Just let it go. And so we saw that, bro. You know, I was I was honestly just very angry. I was very upset. I was very discouraged. And when we left the stadium, bro, I I, I was like ranting to her. I was like, "We're not going to be crap. We're going to lose all these games if we keep doing this. If we keep doing this system, Emory's not confident, and this and this and this." And I was saying a whole bunch of stuff. And I bring it up to her every week, bro, because now she's a Gator fan, just like me. I bring up, I'm like, do you remember after the FAU game how mad I was? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, this is why, because I saw it coming from a mile away. I saw it coming from a mile away. Now, we're done the FAU game. Let's go to the South Florida game, bro. Let's go to South Florida. Game. I'll start with this one. South Florida, I was like, oh, holy freak. AR. You know, like, wow, this guy is different. And then Emory showed signs of life. But in the second half, Let's go back to those two key words, stagnant and experimenting. Yep. And Resulting in what? By turnovers. Impact. Turnovers and no confidence, deflating. Mm. And every time it looked like we were going to take – bro, that, that South Florida game was important. That, that was supposed to be the confidence builder for Emory Jones. And it turned into a massive disaster of a QB controversy that could have been avoided. It could have been avoided. Yeah. It, it could have been avoided. And the only reason why, and the only reason why, he got the start against Alabama and, and Tennessee in two weeks, the hamstring. Because I, 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 I would go right on record and say this: if it wasn't for that hamstring pull, I think we would have saw a quarterback change that next week. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. And yeah. That next week, at least by the Tennessee game. Right. 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 Because right. if you're mulling, there's no way you see AR do what he's doing and think and not think, yeah, this is my guy. This this is my guy. This is my quarterback. There's no way you don't think that. 
if you're Dan Mullen. Right. After you see that. Because what he did those first two games, first of all, going back real quick to the FAU game, when he hurt mm-hmm. up the guy, that's when you knew right there he was this dude. You can't this is a different this kind way. of athlete. And you then the play where he – go ahead. What would you say? I was saying you can't make that up, bro. You can't make up the stuff he was doing. Exactly. Then against South Florida on the play where he unfortunately pulled his hamstrings. Did you see the turbo heat being put on? Man, he like, – Once he took off, like, that was a turbo unlike anything I've seen in a while. Dog, he pulled his hammy, like, at the 40-yard line. He was still running, then he slowed down at the end. He was already – he was hurt while running, bro. He was still pulling away from people. That's why he even said it. He got the twenty-one miles, what twenty-one miles per hour. He yeah. literally like tweeted about, "Oh, my Hemi wouldn't uh, pulled. I would have got faster." Like what? Like, that's wild. Wild, like dog. I'm trying to tell you. So, but, yeah. And now we go to the Alabama game. Now AR's out this game. He's out. With the hamstring injury. And one thing about the uh, USF game, too, we can't forget. Okay. We saw uh, a linebacker shift, too, because Ventrell got hurt. So, we had to switch a little bit. Oh, and yeah. we got weird on defense. Like, we had some plays where we were good, but we also gave up some bull crap at the end. I didn't like that because as a, as a young defense, you have to build confidence there, too. But you give it up. And, yeah, let's go to the Alabama game. Yep. Yep. And so – yeah, you, yeah, you're right. And so now we transition to the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. So we know Anthony Richardson's out. He's out with the injury, right? With the hamstring injury that we just referenced. So we go into this game, and <laughs> Emory's got the keys. Yep. And we get into a hole early. We're down twenty-one to three, but something clicks like that all of a sudden. We get yep. stopped. We get down the field. We score. And the team is so confident. They're like, okay, we're kind of back in this game. They get another stop. And, you know, well, after, well, Alabama scored first. And then, so Florida gets the ball back. They score. They make it 28 to 6, what, 28 to 16, right? They get two straight, they get, they get two straight stops. They score again. That's 28 to 23. Yep. Emory's playing really well this game up to this point. The running backs, Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, Naquan Wright, all three of them, they're eating. Like, like the, the offensive line is – we had not seen Alabama get pushed around like that in a while. It's been and a they, while. And they, this they offensive tripped. line was dominating that defensive line. Yep. Will Anderson, the, the best edge rusher in the, in the coastal bar right now, in my opinion. Tim Smith. Yeah. Getting dominated up front by this offensive line, which was much maligned, and we didn't know what we'd see. Let's be honest. Were you mm-hmm. confident that that offensive line would play as well as they did? Man, no. We I wasn't. I know spent, I wasn't. We spent, four, we spent four months talking about what's going to happen with Anderson DeLance, and nothing happened. The, you just brought it up. DeLance played by far the best game of his career that game because Man, Will Anderson couldn't do to- nothing. Shouts out to the Lance, bro. The Lance has been great this year, bro. He's been straight. Like he I don't has. care. He's doing good. He's been doing freaking good. Heck of a job to Jean Delance if you listen. He he played great all year, really. Right, right. And so 
now this is where special teams comes in because you know we we oh. score make it thirty one twenty nine now we wouldn't have had to go for two but kicker would have made the extra point earlier in the game after we scored to make it twenty one to nine he makes the extra point there we're not in a situation where we got to go for two to tie the game if we you're can, good, we can kick the extra point tie the game possibly get a stop yep and have a chance to win the game and if now, you're a Gator I think. I think we all had a feeling. I I knew like if if we had kicked the field goal and made it, we would have got blown out, bro. I'm telling you, we'd have got blown out. But just because we missed it, I knew it was gonna come back and make it close and lose because we couldn't get it. I just knew. See, my thing is, I think if he makes it, because think about it, he we missed it and crowd got a little deflated and so did the team. Right. Yeah. He that's make, true. He makes it. It's a whole different game. Because now the players were already will already be confident. Right. They, they tie the game. That defense is gonna be piped if it's 31 31. They're gonna right. be piped up. They're gonna go out there. They're gonna try and get another stop. Now, there were times where they got stops and there was some bogus, ridiculous pass interference calls against oh, both, us both, both that they extended Alabama drives to where they scored. Yep. So that did not help at all. And I think after Florida, the way they lost that game, we talked about it before. We talked about it on the last podcast. After the way they lost that game, I believe it demoralized. They were demoralized. And they they all – because, you know, man, it's, it kind of – and this is something I'm going to go back to. I'm going to reference. I thought about today. I said, you know what? I remember when we lost to Alabama in the FCC Championship in 09. We came back and lost to them in 2010. That demoralized our program. We ain't been the same since 09. We ain't been the same since. And now we're going back to the same thing where we lost in the SEC championship game to Alabama, lost in the regular season, and now we're horrible again. But it's it's wild. I mean, because, yeah, against Tennessee, they looked really good. They looked really, really good that game. Yeah, man. And and so you thought, okay, maybe even, even though they lost, because see, they were demoralized, but we we didn't know that at the at the time. But we thought we're sitting there thinking, yeah, they lost this game, but it's a confidence booster because now they know they can play with anybody in the country. They can right. go on a run, and yep, they gonna see that we gonna see this team again in the in the SC championship in Atlanta. I was... so, and we we beat Tennessee, and we think, okay, we on the way to that, right? Yep, Tennessee game, and I will say Tennessee game. I felt like we looked great, but our defense was horrible. Our defense was horrible. In my opinion, there were so many times where Tennessee could have scored touchdowns, bro, they just didn't do it. Yep. And, you know, we kind of got lucky with that because now we see Tennessee. Tennessee dropped, what, like 45 on Kentucky yesterday? Yeah, and one, and I'm telling you right now, Georgia fans, don't think for one second Y'all finna just run through that football team. I'm t- That's this Tennessee the- team looks good. And they are at home, by the way. That game is in Neyland Stadium. That's gonna you be know that- they gonna be piped for that game. Yep. So, that will not be an easy game for Georgia. I still think Georgia gonna win the game, but mm. I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Yeah, it's gonna be the hardest game by far. Yes. I mean, you gotta think about that. Like that it's physical. That Because, yeah, that Tennessee team looks really, really good now. Mm-hmm. And, and they're and, confident. Yeah, they're very confident. So, yeah, you're right. We did get lucky with that game, man. Mordecai McDaniel. 
Lord have mercy. That play, I don't know. I don't know if he's played. I don't know if he's played on the defense since then. He played yesterday, man. Oh, he, he did. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Maybe he. Maybe he's improved then. But that mm-hmm. play. That play where he got scored on. That was egregious. That was absolutely egregious. Oh, look, T.J. Slayton siding. He's getting stops right now. Wow. Hmm. Another former game that's doing really good in the league man, right now. Man's getting and zero. Th- it was this. a sixth round pick, by the way. Yeah, a sixth round pick. Think about that. It's incredible, bro. It's incredible to think about. But Slayton, Slayton could have been a bro after his freshman year. It was first round buzz for him too. Exactly. I and then you know. What what was it? Was it was it Slayton healthy in twenty eighteen or was he hurt? I think he was healthy for the most part. And we stopped playing the kid. Yeah, unfortunately, we did. Yeah, he was healthy. We were like, "Where's Big Slayton?" Hmm. Wow. Wow, bro. It tells you. It tells you everything we need to know. Wow. Wow, dude. <laughs> But yeah, Alabama game. Um, my perspective, bro. We looked, we looked good in that game. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a good game. I felt like we had confidence boost. I feel like the, the defense gave up way too much early. We got behind, but I felt like Dan Mullen was in it at that game. You know, I feel like he, I feel like he was there. Like you know, what I mean, I feel like he was in the moment. He was trying to win the game, and he went hard. You know. Um, Tennessee game, I felt like he experimented a little bit, man. It was like, ah. Um, but, again, I think some of the experimenting kind of hurts confidence, you know what I mean? Because you, you just can't experiment with – people always want to bring up how Emory's in his, what, fourth-year junior. Right. <sighs> Real game experience does not like, – it doesn't – it can't – you can't compare it to just being on, on the field, like, or being – in practices, bro, you just can't. It's not the same. You know what I mean? It's not the same. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I thought defense did bad. Uh, and I, I was very worried. I was very worried. But uh, let's move into the Kentucky game. Um, the Kentucky game. Oof. Deep start, bro. Jesus Christ. Oh, you want me to start off? You know what? You start with the last. I'll, I'll start with the Kentucky game. Start the Kentucky game. The Kentucky game. I knew we was gonna lose, bro. Uh, <laughs> Kyrie Elam was hurt. Uh, I expected it to be a trap game, um, but my outlook then on Dan Mullen was completely different than what it is now. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see Dan Mullen as checked out. I just thought he was gonna try to uh, overdo it, experiment too much, and you know, yeah. Um, to be quite honest, the defense didn't have a horrible game. I mean, we had a, a blocked field goal, but that goes down to coaching as well. You have to have a special teams coach, bro. You have to be able to coach up these things so you don't have mistakes like that, you know? So that was the issue. My main issue with the Kentucky game, and this is where I think it really, really started for me. Dan Mullen refused to feed Damian Pierce, who was – Damian – was he was going to be our best running back that game, and he was going to lead us to a victory out of Lexington. But we tried to make Emory Jones throw the football. We tried to run lap. 
why are we running? Why are we running sideline to sideline with Naquan Wright and Malik Davis? It's not going. It hasn't gone anywhere, bro. Why are we doing this? We ran up the middle against Alabama, and you want to run horizontally with Malik Davis and? Oh my god! All right, so yeah, we try that in Kentucky, and we get caught lacking. Dan's not assertive. There's like what, three minutes to go in the in the, in the uh, at half, and he doesn't try to get a touchdown. So it's like. Freak, we score a touchdown with uh Frazier's and then we don't go to him ever again in that game. So it's one of those games where like, yeah, we finna lose, bro, because we're playing around. No sense of urgency. Yeah, um and see my thing on that game is we knew we we knew you can just tell early. Mm-hmm. Like early, like, like there was something wrong. Like you can tell was something wrong. Because yeah. you know, we come out and we're just so we're so nonchalant. Dan Mullen's so nonchalant. He goes out there and he's basically thinking, Oh, I can win this game because I have more talent than the other teams. Like we said we've discussed this before. You can't think like that. Right. And so once I saw that, I was like, you know what? Like I don't even under I don't even understand. Um, I don't understand how you do that, and then, like you said, experimenting during the game. During a whole SEC game, bro, against a team that's actually good, dude. Yeah, it, it, exactly. That's actually really, really good, and. It's like you go out, you go out there, and um, like you go out there, and you, they, it's like they just didn't care. Like that was right. the problem for me. It was like Dan Mullen just seemed like he didn't care, and I'm sitting there like, this man, this man is really out here experimenting during this game, and this is a game that we know we got to win. We know this crowd is pumped up, the steam pumped up, they up to play us, and this is what you're doing out there. Like th- that was that was the problem for me. Was like you can't you can't do that, right, bro? You absolutely cannot do that because you saw what happened. This is what really made me mad about this game. Though. This is what really pissed me off about this game. Mm-hmm. The fourth quarter when we're down, you all of a sudden decide to get into your playbook and call plays you should have oh. been calling earlier in the game, uh, and you see us, and we're moving down the field, and we score. Like that, that's that's what was wild. Oh my god! Like that's what was wild. And it was very wild, bro. It's like we go out there and um. Not only did we we had a chance to tie the game, but he got stagnant again at the goal line. At the goal line, like you cannot go out there and play like that. You just can't. Like, there's no excuse. We barely gave you a pass the first time you lost at home to Kentucky, your first year there. You were ready to fire him there. Mushroom didn't lose to to, um, Kentucky. McElwain didn't lose to Kentucky. You can't lose to Kentucky, bro. You just can't. And we understand the South Carolina loss was worse last night. Like, that that was worse. We understand that. But you can't lose to Kentucky. I'm not accepting no Kentucky loss. I don't care who it is. If you come to Florida and you coach and you lose Kentucky, I'm off your train, bro. You can't not you, you 
can't lose Kentucky. I don't care who you are. Don't lose Kentucky and don't lose Tennessee. You got to win those games. You got to. That is the standard. We, bro, you know what? I was one of those people, you know what, man? You know, we're not the same. Old f- bro, screw that, bro. We're Florida. We're, f- we, bro. How many championships? Bro, I don't see my team win two championships. Exactly. Like, what am I lowering my stand? What, what am, what am I, what am I lowering my standards for, bro? I don't see a Heisman finalist. You know, I'm not going to lower my standards. No, bro. Screw all that, bro. I'm not lowering my standard no more, dog. Like, screw all that. I'm prom- I promise you I'm not. I'm not doing it no more. Because this has led to me accepting a whole lot of bull crap that I should have never accepted. Just like losing to Kentucky in year one. And letting <sighs> letting Felipe Frank start over a future Heisman candidate. Oof. Dog. Like, th- think about that for a minute. Think about what you just said. Dog, it's sad. And then, man, you had former players saying he was better than Felipe. All right, be real. Let let, let let's talk. Let's talk real, bro. All Morris, right. Stevens, all right. Look, I like Morris Stevens. I like Lucas Cruel. But when you see a a player like Brock Bowers, he's a true freshman, right? Right. In what world? In what planet? In what stratosphere? Do you let Lucas Cruel? Get starting minutes over Kyle Pitts. Lord have mercy. Kyle Pitts is on that roster in 2018, bro. Yeah. In on what planet? Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony were first rounders. Why don't you give Kadarius Tony? Why do you only give him reverse sweeps in 2018, dog? Makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. What the freak? Like dog, it just <sighs> and see, I, and Kyle Pitts, we as we know, was a generational talent. That's what made it. We didn't know what we had on the bench until he actually started playing. And when he actually started playing. We were like, why wasn't this dude playing before? And you just simply, you simply can't be asking those questions, dog. When Jeff Dems got to Florida, that man got carries. As soon as we knew he was nice, yeah. he took minutes from Keaston Moore. Him and Rainey, they took minutes. They, Urban said, okay, bet. You better, all right, bet. Percy Harvin got on the field uh, as, as soon freshman. as he got on campus. As soon as he got on campus, Urban was like, yeah, this dude different. He got to be on the field. You this don't... dude became a starter as a – Right, right. Man, he didn't care about seniority or loyalty. He didn't care about none of that. If he was the best playing, regardless of class. Dog, like that's what I be trying that's what we were trying to talk about before, bro, with sauce. We were just talking about that defense we had, bro. Carlos Dunlap, Major Wright, Ahmad Black, Joe Hayden. Them boys is freaking sophomores. And you know what? Screw that. Bro, going back to what Adam Shrew was talking about last night, talking about we need an experienced defense runner. Bro. Major Wright number one championship as sophomores. Yep. Sophomores. Janoris Jenkins was CB2 as a freaking freshman. That is our standard. That is who the Gators are. That is, that is what Bring we do. Bring in guys that can play right away and play them. We recruit. We build relationships. We make sure these kids take pride in the logo. And we win games and we beat Kentucky. 
and then lose the then lose the teams that were that, that were short on players. Right, right. I'm so t- I'm so tired of this bull crap where we feel like, and I'm tired of it for myself too. Where I feel like I need to lower my standards because you know we're a different program now and things have changed. Bro, screw that. We are still. Last time I checked, we're still located in Gainesville, Florida. We still have one of the top programs academically in the country. We still have a great fan base. We still have a lot of you know uh, money to do to do and be able to recruit and etc. I don't see no reason why we still can't do that. I don't see no reason why we can't go out and still try to be at, at least bare minimum a top four team in the SEC. We are the third worst team in the SEC. And what two teams are are worse than us? Go ahead Freaking and put them out there. Missouri and Vanderbilt, dude. We are literally a bottom tier SEC team right now. Dog, we are the last tier, bro. Like tier four. One of the worst teams in the SEC. It's inexcusable. Like it's we should not- never. We are the like you said. We are the University of Florida. We should never be at the level where we're this bad. We should never be this bad ever. I don't never. care who the coach is. Dog, never. This is unacceptable. Never ever should we be in the fourth tier of the ACC, bro. It should never be this way. And you can say, you know, recruiting and this. That's why we recruit. That's why you exactly. got to help you recruit. That's why you bring back those older players. That's why you, you know, you get you do everything you possibly can to make sure you don't get to the situation. That's why you bring in the Demarcus Bowmans and play them. That's why you bring in the Anthony Richardsons and play them. Exactly. And you can't just let go. We let go freaking Chester Kimbrough. He was a, actually he was actually a good player. We let him go to Michigan State. And he's bald, even though he got picked on. Yesterday, but other than that, he's bald for them. It's literally sick. Like it's sick. We bring in guys like Malik Langham. Dude leaves as soon as he gets there. Christian and goes you know to what? Vanderbilt. Yeah, and even even bro, and you know what? It's all making sense, bro. Even the Chris Steele situation. You have a five a five star recruit. On what? Why don't you try to step up as the as the head coach, the man in charge? Hey, Chris Steele, come to my office. Hey, son, what's going on? Why is this the way it is? You know what what's what's really happening? Oh, oh, this is what happened. Okay, bet we're gonna do everything we can to keep you here. We need you here. But instead, oh yeah, you just go ahead, man. Go ahead and let you go, and then bring it up in the media. Oh, you know that just happened. It's not really our problem. Whatever he said, I know he said some bull crap. I don't even want to go look at it. But hmm. you don't let five-star kids just go. I don't care how they look. I don't care if they're weak from Cali, whatever. We need bodies. You need freaking bodies. In that particular season, do you realize we could have had Marco Wilson, C.J. Henderson, and Chris Steele on the field at the same time? Bro, man. Who would have threw on them? One of those two. Chris Steele could have played the star position. Who's throwing on that secondary? Right, bro. But instead, that particular year, we put trading at start. Wait a minute. We had Kyrie Kyrie Elam and Chris still in the same class, right? Yeah, same class. 
Makes you wonder, don't it? AB, you know what, man? Oh, God. All right. We're getting sidetracked, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm getting very yeah, frustrated. Yeah, yeah we're, we're frustrated, as you we're can We're frustrated. Tell. We're frustrated, bro. I don't know why Jerry ain't just let one slip. Yeah, I mean, he know he wants. I don't know uh, why he ain't let one slip. You're going to do it. You'll feel much better. It was a great Sunday. I'm blessed. Beautiful church service. Wow, bro. And, and, he, and he still <sighs> don't let one slip. But this is. I feel like I need a halftime, bro. What the freak? Let's oh. see. And then it's after the Kentucky game. <sighs> yeah, so, after the Kentucky game. After the Kentucky game. Who did we play again? Um. We played uh, after Kentucky. We played no Vanderbilt. 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 I think. Right, right. It was Vanderbilt. Yeah, it was Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah, we played Vanderbilt, and we win that game forty-two to nothing. But that game was nasty. Yeah, like, did you feel like it was a forty-two to nothing win, bro? That game, I was so mad after that game, bro. That game was disgusting, bro. It was a very unsatisfying game. Exactly. We won. Think about that, people. We won forty-two to nothing, and we were not satisfied. You know why we weren't satisfied? Because Vanderbilt drove the ball down the field multiple times. They just had a kicker that couldn't make a field goal. And then Jason Marshall made a great. He made an outstanding play on a fourth down attempt where they originally called a touchdown, but you saw him had get his hand in there and knock the ball loose and it hit the ground. Cough, a five-star a five star guy, four- or five-star guy. That they literally had to play because there was no depth. He and was, by the way, this was after him, Elijah Blaze transferred. Decide, decided to leave the program, I mean. And I can't – Elijah Blades, wherever you at, I can't blame your partner. I can't blame your brother. I absolutely can't blame you. Because I would want to play for Todd Grantham either or Dan Mullen for that fact. That's true, but I hate to even do this. I can't blame him. You right about that? But he didn't play that well when he was in the game either. Because he ain't been coached well. He was better at Texas A&M, bro. Yeah, that's true. He was. He he was. But back but with this Vanderbilt game, I just felt like this game in particular. Like I said, it never felt like a forty-two to nothing win. It just felt like we went through the motions. And got lucky that it was a shutout because we just looked. We didn't give up a single point, and this defense still allowed Vanderbilt to gash us. Dog. <laughs> like, like good grief, man. I mean, do you remember that, that the, I want to pull my hair out after seeing that. I do you remember the play? You remember the play where the uh, snap went behind the quarterback or running back? He picked it up and ran and still got five yards. Oh, my God. I. I Man, when I tell you I was I was pretty much done right I was done right there, man. I was done. Right. done. I was I was like, oh my God. I I, I could not for the life of me understand how that happened. It that shouldn't there. happen at all. It shouldn't, bro. I was like, what is this team, bro? Like I was so disgusted. And like you know, we just we couldn't tackle. But one thing I wanna bring up, we both play football. One thing when you're a football player, bro, when you play the sport, and that's, again, that's in any sport, a good coach always teaches you technique. They drive it in your head. Technique, technique, technique. This is how you tackle. This is how you tackle. This is how you dribble. This is People saying, yeah, we're missing tackle. That's on the players. Dog, 
any good coach preaches technique. If you go and watch a Nick Saban practice, he's preaching technique and sound tackling. Exactly. It's just what you do as a defensive coordinator. And he works specifically with the DBs, by the way. Exactly. Like, his hands are on it. Yes, he has a DB coach, but Saban works specifically with the DBs. You know why? Guess what position he played when he was in college? Bingo. That's why he's on them. That's why, like, if you look at – now, Saban, we see him get pissed off all the time when his team makes a mistake. But there is a particular reason why if a defensive back makes a mistake, oh, man, he'd be he's on them more than Kool-Aid, any other position. Bro. There's a reason why. And there's when a reason why they all go in the league. Know. And they all go to the league, bro. Yeah, look at Marlon Humphrey. Look at Levi Wallace. Levi, this man started off his career as a walk-on at Alabama. Levi was a walk-on, bro. He worked his butt off there. Saban loved what he saw. He was like, you know what? I got to put this guy in a lineup. He puts him in a lineup and is one of their best defensive backs. He's what a fourth, fifth round pick. He still makes that roster. He's still a starter right now. And Marlon was, Humphrey, regarded as one of the best cornerbacks in, in, the, in the NFL, yep. playing for the Baltimore Ravens, balling right now. And what's funny is, you know, um, a lot of times, like Gator fans, bro, we like to do this thing where, you know, we kind of like look over walk ons, bro. And, you know, I understand. But I've seen a walk-on on our team look better than certain DBs that we have. And his name is Patrick Moore. If we gave him a chance, if he had good coaches, I would be willing to bet Patrick Moore would make some noise. Yeah, he probably would. Because he has come in games and look. In the Missouri game, we needed him last year. He looked really, really good, really sound. He plays with a lot of effort and heart, bro. Exactly. And that's my thing. If if you come on the field and play with effort and heart, you're going to find your way in, bro. I don't care what, how, you're going to find your way in. Mm. Dewan Black. We've seen Dewan Black make plays on special teams the whole year, and he don't even get to sniff the field. He doesn't. There's a couple others that don't. Donovan McMillan is another one. You he got in and made a huge kid. tackle. This is my guy, man. This is my guy. I, I raved about this kid when he was a recruit and when we got him. They raved about this kid in spring, plays he was making. Yep. Your fall camp, plays he's making, they're raving about him. He's not even getting on the field, really, unless he's on special teams. Right. Like, you can't keep doing this. This is what, part of why you're not landing recruits. They yep. see you're not playing, guys. As young guys, they're only on special teams if they're in there. And you're playing older players. Of course, if I'm a recruit, I see that I'm going to want to go to, go elsewhere. Bingo. It is like you wonder why the fan base – you wonder why you can't land anybody. That's why. That's exactly why, bro. Exactly why. And it's just it's just a frustrating thing that, that we, you know, we're experiencing as fans to see this. Um, and where were we? we were at the we're talking about the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, it's just because yeah. I brought up how Jason Marshall literally had to play. Yeah, because we had no depth, and so that's where we kind of um. That's that's where that's where we kind of got got on with that. I mean, and so and what what was something else that that you saw in that Vanderbilt game that really irked you? Because there's a couple things I can tell you. Oh Lord, man, what? There was a specific instance, specific instance, man, where 
Naquan Wright had a heck of a run. Heck of a run. And he he almost scored. I think he's down like the two yard line, one or two yard line. We take him out, let Damian score for him. This kid gives you about a forty yard run. You don't let him finish off the drive. Mm. I mean And that's happened in multiple games, by the way, people. It's happened in multiple games, bro. Multiple games. And you know what? And it was funny is that it, it happened it happened. I don't want to be that guy, but it happened when Tebow was there too. Percy Harvard would carry us down the field, and we let Tebow run for one yarder. And that used to irk me then, but I really didn't know like what was going on as much then. But it's like you have guys that carry you to the one, bro, and you don't let them. You don't let them get a touchdown. It's like that's a reward, bro. It's a reward. It's like Jesus Christ. But yeah, that happened. Um. Something irked me. Oh, I would just say not letting uh not letting AR play, not letting AR and Bowman play. We're up a lot, and we let Emory stay in there. He throws a terrible pick. I mean, picks for Emory Jones are like poison, poison because it messes with his head. And I see AR on the side, bro, just like very frustrated, bro. And then at the end of that game, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 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 this is what happened. AR, after the game, was standing there doing the alma mater, like, with his helmet on. He wasn't even engaged, dog. And that spoke volumes to me. I was like, this team is done. This team is cooked. Hmm. Yeah. They, they, they are in. Like, this is we, – we can't – we couldn't even leave this game thinking that we should be confident that we can go ten and two or anything like that. Now, because even the Georgia game, like we were like, yeah, it's a rivalry game. We can be competitive, but I mean, we just don't look as good as them, right? And then the LSU game pops up. Oh God! Can I man. start this one? Should you start, please? You should definitely start, this, bro. I'm gonna just go ahead and tell y'all right now. This is the particular game where I said Dan Bullen got to go. This is the particular game because early on, I mean, you see, it was a weird game. Um. We're, we see them go out there, you know, LSU, a lot of energy. A lot, a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And we're just out there looking lethargic. So, they go out there and they score. Well, we come back, we score too. And then, but it's like we go out there. At one point, they get up 21-6, to six, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, 21-6. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, this defense is getting sliced right now like a hot knife through butter and offensively we can't just we just can't seem to get anything going and the only reason why we had any kind of momentum going into the um, halftime freaking hail mary was the hail mary throw which i'm just gonna be honest that was one of the best even though he just threw it up there that was one of the best throws emory jones has made his whole career it wasn't because it was was literally in the spot where only his receiver could catch it nobody else could catch that ball it was a deep ball yeah, 
Yeah, we don't let him throw deep enough. Oh, God. And so it's 21 13 at halftime, right? We're getting the ball mm-hmm. to start the second half. So we got momentum. And then Emory Jones throws pick six. It was in that moment right there, I was like, you know what? We're, we might be cooked right here. It was this done, game bro. Be that was the season. That, that, was, that was, yeah. So, I mean, this once they made it 28 13, we tried, we come back, we come back, we tie the game, and it was like, we're thinking, okay, we got more momentum. We tied the game, we got momentum. We can, um, we should be able to take control of this game and win this game. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. LSU, every, every little piece of momentum we get, LSU takes it right back. Combative, bro. And once they went up 42-35, it's like, man, can we can we just score? And for the love, for the life of us, can we please get a stop? Did it happen? Mm-hmm. Nope. You know what they did? They kept running the counterplay the entire they time. They seized it. They seized it, bro. And yeah, and they seized control of that game right there. So it's forty nine to forty two, and you know. We, it's like you try and come back, but you just knew we were toast. You knew. Mm-hmm. And we allowed Tyrion Davis Price, that was his running back, who didn't who didn't do anything really much of much of anything all season long. This man this man ran for a school record. Two hundred and eighty seven yards. And a lot of them yards came on one play, one particular play. Well, one particular play call is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's like after that game, that's why I was like, you know what? Ty Grant's been the only one that's got to go. Damn Mullen got to go because he allowed this to happen. He allowed it. He allowed it, bro. And that's where, like, the LSU game, bro. It was one of those things where, like, okay. I think we should go out here and win this. We lost. Matter of fact, man, we lost. To, we lost to LSU last year. You like, you know what? Dan Mullen made the team run stadiums because they lost that game and everything in the swamps. I'm like, you know what? We're gonna come out here and fight. Like, we're gonna, yeah, yeah. Let's go, man. We get out there. We give up a touchdown. Go back, score a touchdown, using a mix of running and throwing. You know, we had a good drive. But from that point on, it was like Dan lost control of the team in that game. It was like Ty Grantham couldn't stop a simple counter. And mind you, at first, our defense did okay. The offense turned the ball over. But like, you know, we did all right. The second half, it just, wow, bro. Like, this is a massive explosion. And then Dan... He like I knew he lost control when he kept trying to switch the quarterbacks, but I was like, yeah, this is this is this is cooked. But maybe this could be a good thing. So he brings in Anthony Richardson, and Anthony Richardson shows who he is—an absolute stud of a quarterback. Exactly. Who can be the a first, literally a first round type guy in his draft. And you know, it's like, wow, man, this is awesome. But we can't stop nobody. And all to think about. 
why can't we stop nobody? Because Dan didn't let Grantham slide. It all falls back on Dan, bro. Like it does every time. Like you can't even when I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's all his fault because he let it happen. He let he lets things happen. You can't do that. And so you know we end up losing that game. And you know I feel horrible about it, but you know I try to take positivity out of every game, bro. So I'm like, you know what? AR season, AR time. Let's go. Let's ride. You know, same time I felt horrible for Emory, and. You know, I feel after that game, there was like our fan base is pretty divided. You know what I mean? Like, as far yeah, as they the, were, but we knew who the, we knew who the quarterback should have been. We, we we knew we knew we knew at that point because we I remember me, you, and Tim. We had questions. We were like, you know, Emory, I mean, when AR gets in there, he's gonna make a mistake. But that LSU game told me everything I need to know. Anthony Richardson is a gamer. He has heart. He can change a program. You know what I mean? So we knew, but it's it just. It didn't feel right. Nothing has felt right. It didn't. Nothing has felt right, bro. And it didn't feel right. And I could just in my head right now. I'm replaying replays of Brenton Cox not setting the edge, bro. It's just wow. Wow. And, and I mean, like 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 we said, we know who the quarterback should have been. I mean, we we know. Yeah, man, like, it, it was over. Like, it was over game. after that game. He came in and played the way he played. It was over then. No debate. And but it was it was a little concerning because uh, we had even though we had a week off, we knew who we had next. Yep, pretty much number one team in the country. So it's like, yeah, we wanted to start, but at the same time, it's like, uh, should it really be this game? Right. So we start them, and look what happened. The Georgia game. Oh, we were in that game, too. And, you know, man, the, the bye week, we were telling a lot of, we were telling a lot of lies, man. I remember we were telling a lot of lies on podcasts. We gave ourselves a lot of hope. I thought we, we put up 24. <laughs> I thought we put up 24 points, bro. I literally, you know, I'm like, you know, put up 24. A.B., man. We fed Damian Pierce early. He looked good. You know, we had a few things going with the read and a couple of things to get the uh, the linebackers' eyes moving and try to get them second-guessing. And we completely stopped. And we started making him throw just these complicated passes, how he tried to make Emory throw early in the year. And I was like, what the freak are we doing? What are we doing? And as as uh, as Ahar makes these mistakes, Dan Mullen just looks like whatever. And at that point, man, I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, bro. I'm, I think I'm gonna think I'm off the train." And you know, you just I, I saw our guys look so just dejected, bro. And it was just we just beat this team last year, same some of the same guys by a lot. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know, bro. It's like, wow. Yeah, that game for me is like, like I said, we were we were in that game for a while. I mean, we were in that game all the way through the second quarter, really. Absolutely. And it's like, 
we we get a turnover. Rashawn mm-hmm. Moore makes an incredible interception. He just didn't know. He just didn't have the field awareness at the time. He didn't know. He thought that if um, if he just took a knee in the end zone, it'd be a safety. Which I under. I mean, I understand it. But you got to remember, your momentum carried you in the end zone. You take a knee right there, it's a touchback. Because they're right. saying momentum carried you in there. And if it's a touchback, we get the ball in the 20-yard line. It's totally different play calls, totally different ball game. Right. And so we started our own two-yard line. AR is running the ball, and I, I don't care what anybody says. I think he was picked up by the Georgia players and moving forward. I don't think he was moving forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he fumbles, and they get the ball right there. That turnover is what turned the game. Yep. If we don't turn the ball over, we may drive down the field, tie the game at three, half time, three, three. We get the ball to start the second half. What if we go down the field and score a touchdown? Now we're up 10 3, and we had them on the ropes. It's a whole different ball game. It's, a, it's, been, it's been like that this year, bro. It's been a season of what ifs. And it's been a it's been a career of what ifs, if we're being real. Oh yeah. For Dan Marvin. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like what if we what if we give the Kadarius twenty more touches in twenty eighteen and you know, what if we start Kyle Pitts instead and what if we get this stop and what if we actually come out and actually care what if Dan Mullen actually cares about the Mizzou game? Cause you know now I'm starting to think about it, bro. That post game conference is some bull crap. I don't feel like that was real. That was fake. Because his action showed otherwise. You know, so it's like, what was all that, bro? Who was that guy? Like, where, where is the guy that came in? And where was the guy that after that Missouri loss his first year saying, if we throw him, Russell, I, I want to beat I want to beat you. I want to beat you and everything. And where where he, is that guy? And he was lying. I'm not going to say he's lying, but that same guy that said all that started Lucas Cruel. He started Felipe Franks over Trask. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's like I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm very, very fed up. This guy. Um. Yeah, man. It's oh uh, god. I, I know. I know. Man. So and so. Now we lo- we lo- so we lost that game. Yeah, we lost the Georgia game in a very embarrassing fashion. Yeah. And Dan Mullen was just vibing and chilling. And then we had a press conference, and he said, "We'll talk about recruitment when the season's over." And um, he also closed the media. He closed the media, guys. You know, wow. You know, he's trying to get the guys focused, right? Let's move on to South Carolina. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we moved on to South Carolina, all right. We moved on to <laughs> This is why this particular game, people, is why we're doing this state of emergency episode. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be the name of the show, by the way. A state of emergency. State yeah. of emergency is gonna be the name of this episode. So with this South Carolina game, we pretty much described what we got out of it. Yeah, but, we described it early. Yeah, we did it early, but what vibe did you get before the game? Bro, I'm not lying to you. Like before the game, I I didn't really have any type of feeling. I just kind of was like, um, you know, I thought it was gonna be one of those games where we kind of just go out there and kind of like do well. We'll score some touchdowns here and there. But at the same time, 
I wouldn't have been surprised if we got blown out. So it was kind of just, I was optimistic, but I was also very, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. So um, before the game, I was kind of like, let's get it going, bro. I'm ready to see Emory Jones kind of do his thing or maybe Carlos Del Rio if he has to play or Kitten if he has to play. So I, I was very optimistic. Um, yeah, but I, I kind of, when I watched uh, the Gator Walk, kind of had a bad feeling. Oh, oh, oh no. Like he's dapping up the kids, but they don't. They don't even like. They want to dap him up, bro. I'm like, oh, Christ. So I got worried. I got worried. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt before the game. Uh, when the game started, uh, I was like, you know, we get the ball first. Um, you know, Emory looks very sharp to start out, bro. He looks like he's on point, regardless of his hand. And I was proud of him. He's making some big time throws deep down the field. Like you know what I mean. And Justin Shorter played his best game of probably his career last night. So I was like, you know what? This is this is kind of going well. But where he lost me was he tried to throw the ball every down. He didn't feed Damian Pierce not one time. Not one time. And I was like, yeah, this is going to – because, bro, whenever you come out throwing the ball like that, you have to know the wheels are going to fall at some point. No balance. No balance. And so – I saw the defense go out there. Man, we got our our, fir- our first uh I think we had a, a three we forced a three and out in the third quarter, the first one. Yeah, I think we did. Go ahead and do your take on it, bro. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man, I mean well, I mean what can I say? I mean it was I mean, they drove down the field and got a field. You know, they just got a field goal. I'm like, um, I I look at it and I just ne- never felt right about that game after that first drive they had because I was like, you know what? The they attitude. Like, they look so uninspired. They get exactly. They're going, they're going through the motions. Exactly, bro. The same issues that's been plaguing us for the last five years: missed tackles. Arm tackling. Now they gotta stop and force the field goal. Then we we get a first down, but then we, the drive stalls. Right. They go down the field. We get we get we get another stop. Then we get the ball back. We score. We go up seven three. I'm like, okay, maybe they decide to finally wake up. Maybe they got their crap together. No, no, no. That wasn't whatsoever. Mm-mm. South Carolina after that pretty much did whatever they wanted to do it and was, more. And more. It was thirty to ten at halftime. Thirty, people. bro. Thirty freaking half of sixty. And, thirty. And, and, and here's ten. yeah, thirty to ten. And here's the thing. You know we were twenty point favorites in this game. Man, yes, bro. Twenty point favorites, and we're down twenty at halftime. That 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 was a, that was that's a problem. That was it. And and, and then Dan Bowling after the after the halftime. After halftime, what he told Boy friend of the show, Alyssa Lane, who Alyssa and Trevor Sigma. If y'all listen, if y'all listen to the show, Trevor, I tweeted earlier. I tweeted at you earlier. I'm gonna just say it on here. I am so completely sorry that you that you got that you got to suffer for the next year and hear from Alyssa. Cause she ain't gonna never, she ain't gonna let you live it down for the next year. 
I'm sorry you got I'm sorry you got to deal with that. Look, look we look, we sorry. We we apologize for that, but anyway, what what he told a friend of the show, listen Lane, who we should get back on here soon. Even oh yeah, just a much. Even though I'm a little scared, I'm a little afraid too now. I ain't even afraid, bro. But, <laughs> but but um what he told her after halftime. And she asked if there was any adjustments he needed to make. This man said no. This man said, said no. He ain't said no. He said nope. He said nope and walked right and walked right on. Boy, he said I nope. I couldn't have been on that field and heard him say that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. No. Oh, Jesus. It's just the fact that he doesn't care, bro. Like, just leave, man. Like, just leave, bro. Like, I, if I had the money, I'd give him the money so he can leave, dog. Like, just get out, get out of my program, bro, for real. Because, man, we don't care no more, man. Dude, we have already determined that you just don't care about this job at this point. And it's obvious. And yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's and obvious it's, 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 You don't care about the players either. He don't care about them players, man. He got freaking Emory and AR out here, bro. Like looking stupid, dog. Like straight up, bro. Like I know for sure. A B, our quarterbacks are not this bad, dog. They're they just I I, I refuse to believe they're this bad. They're, they've they're been, not. They've been freaking hindered so bad by Damon's decisions on playing them and his attitude and his approach to even coaching them, bro. Like I'm seeing so much now. It's like my eyes are wide open. And it, it's an issue with the wide receivers and the communication. Uh, Cope is supposed to be a wide receiver one, and he's not even engaged. We barely thrown to him. Which is why he's not engaged, and I don't blame him. Because let's be honest. People are saying, oh, he don't deserve to wear a number. He's not doing it. He hasn't done anything worth wearing a number. And they're not really watching the game. They, they ain't are. freaking watching the How game, How many bro. times have you seen this man open? I've seen Crazy. this man open numerous times. Oh, what a throw by Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, people. <laughs> but I was watching that <laughs> Mesmerizing game. quarterback. That, that, that was he hadn't played well today, really, but that was that was a great throw he just made. And pretty much he pretty much put this game on ice now. It looked like Kansas City gonna escape with a win. Yeah, yeah. Over Green Bay. But um yeah, I mean, how many times have you seen Jacob Copeland get open? Kobe open, man. Exactly. He's always open. They're not tar- – against LSU, when Anthony Richardson came in, who was the number one guy getting targeted? Because he was open. Right. Right. It was Jacob Right. And, and, the, and the numbers prove when Jake, when Anthony Richardson is out there, Jacob Copeland is getting more targets. He's making more catches. He's making more plays. He's more productive with Anthony Richardson out there. And, and my thing is, too, man, like – Okay, so if you see Emory likes looking a certain way, right? And I think Emory likes throwing to the right more than the left, and it's by far. Yeah. Why not put why not put Cope in that vicinity, that area? Like wherever Emory likes to throw the ball most, put Cope there, man. Let let Cope make a play over there. And what's crazy is when they first when when Emory first started out as our back at quarterback, him and Cope had a great connection. Now it's going to trash. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's absolutely it's absolutely unbelievable how 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 it's just gotten this bad. I mean, speaking of Copeland, who was in the spaces last? Who else was in the spaces last night? Was Copeland there? Ain't no way. Yeah, he was in there. Stop playing. I'm not lying. He was in there, bro. I was, bro. I went to sleep. He and you tell he wanted to say something. He was like, Nah, let me not do it. Let me not do it. You tell though. He wanted to say something. So what happened when Cope got in there? Like he was in there. He he requested. He he was a speaker for a little bit, but he he, he didn't really have much. To say. He really didn't say much of anything. He was just kind of sort of just listening. But I mean, you you could tell he wanted to say something though. You can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't say nothing because I mean, you, you can't. You just can't. You can't. He absolutely can't. I mean, I mean, I just, I don't, I just don't understand how. Um, just, I, just how it's just gotten this bad. Like this is. Bad. It's going left, it, like completely left. It's gotten bad. Like we don't know if it's gonna get any any better. It's gonna get it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Please God, don't let it get worse before it gets and, better. And and that's the thing, bro. Like, I'm I'm not sure. What, like this is what I said. This is what I said. Now that we you know going over all the games that we did, and we've progressed on you know how things have changed over time, of course, season, but. About thing, we're gonna have to get a coach. We're gonna have to get a coach that can recruit. Whether or not he's a great coach or not, I'm not sure. But this next hire from and for me, we've diminished the talent so bad, and we've kind of let the state go so bad that this coach that we get now is going to solely be to gain control of the state of Florida in recruiting. We like I said, we may not be like a team that wins like ten games or eleven games that beats George every year, but if we can get a coach, a coach for two years that can absolutely recruit his butt off and may and take control of this state for like two recruiting classes and set up the next coach, then that would be honestly great. But if we can get a coach that can recruit plus coach, that would be just absolutely just wow, home run hire. But at the bare minimum, get a coach that can hire and get guys that can recruit with him, and we will be straight. Because right now, we don't have not one guy on staff that can recruit at the level of Alabama or, man, even FSU for that matter right now. Look what FSU is. Darn shame. Darn shame. They suck, and we're getting out-recruited by them. So we're going to have to find a way to get somebody that actually gives gives a crap about recruiting because the talent is here in the state of Florida. It's all here. It's all here. But we have to prioritize and evaluate. And, yeah, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. So that's my thing. Get somebody who cares about recruiting and cares about making a relationship with the kids. You know what I mean? Because we haven't had that in a minute. Mm. And if you saw the picture I just sent, that that was the epitome of the whole season. 
and it was during this it was during this game against South Carolina. Let me see this picture, man. And, and, and when you see it, answer me this question. <laughs> How in God's name did Josh Van get that wide open? You can't make this up, A B. I mean that I mean that was and then and then the South Carolina football Twitter page is literally trolling Florida right now. It's a big troll, bro. And like, where's the discipline? Like, if 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 somebody leaves a guy that open, you have to tear into them, bro. Ain't no, ain't nobody discipline nobody. Yeah, no nobody's holding anybody accountable. No accountability. And the reason why nobody's holding nobody accountable because what do we what do we say all the time? It starts at the top. There's no accountability in the athletic department and the, as the AD because he can't even fire a coach who harassed women. And then the guy that he hired, the head coach, he don't like to hold himself accountable. And when he does, it's in a sarcastic manner. And if he ain't going to hold himself accountable, not a single position coach will hold themselves accountable. They don't hold themselves accountable. Not a single player hold themselves accountable. Yeah, exactly. And and if nobody's holding anybody accountable, then, you know, that it starts at the top, like we always say. And if that's the case, why are the ones at the top still there? This is what you have. I mean, you literally lost to a coach that was shocked that they were even winning. Yep. At halftime. Sick, bro. I mean, it, I, I mean, it is. We have no words to be honest. It's perplexing. Right. And there's only one thing we can do about this. It has to be done. Yeah, I mean, it, th- this has to be done now. Inevitable. Why delay? Why delay? What's because my thing is you need to, you need to fire him now because we need to get a guy in here that can start recruiting tonight. Like, ideally tonight, we need to we need to put together a class. Because if we don't yeah, put together yeah. a class, we're gonna be so far behind, bro. Yeah, we we can't we can't keep a coach to save a recruiting class like that. Never works. That has never worked. It just won't. It won't do it. Yeah, that has never worked, and it's not going to work. Like, right. It's never going to work because if you're doing that just to save a class, then the class that you're trying to save, now they got to go through this. Yep. Start fresh, get new guys in there, and build your recruit- recruiting class based off that, and try and build some positive momentum. If you got to hit the transfer portal, do it. Right. But please, for the love of God, don't miss in the transfer portal, like we did with them three defense tackles. Oh my god, and that that's another thing, bro. This is the first time Dan Mullen truly just missed in the transfer portal. Like, he missed because hey, I really like Antonio Valentino as a guy, dude. Like, he's cool, bro. Like, I would hang out with him, even get a drink, you know, a cup of water, or whatever. Um, no, 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 you know what you're saying. <laughs> 
I don't know what shoes I've been. I don't know what shoes I've been. Uh, has he been playing? Am I missing something? He's played a little bit, but not much. And Newkirk, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, like he's straight. He's probably the best out of those three. But it's just we missed. We missed on those, bro. Like I ain't gonna lie to you. We totally missed. We needed a, we needed a really, a really good like slot wide receiver. We didn't get that. Um, we needed. We really, like I said, bro. We needed to get as many bodies as we possibly could have because right now our offensive line is getting killed again. Back to square one. As far as running the football, so it's like, oh, God. Yeah, we missed big time, bro. Yeah, it's sad. We missed that at one of the most important positions on the team. So yep. we got we got to improve in all areas. So I mean, it's it's wild. Yeah, it's we got wild. we got Xavier Henderson back there taking punts. Why why get Finley? Like Graham? that don't like, even look right. At this point. Xavier is not a punt returner by any means. But Finley Graham is, and you're not putting him out there. You're not even putting Bowman out there, bro. The exact, like, not even putting him out there. That's what I'm saying, dog. Like, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. And it's like, I hey, look, I never coached a football game in my life. Maybe I don't know. But, like, some of this stuff, it seemed like just simple fixes. If you just stop being stubborn, stop being arrogant, and just make changes. Mm, I mean, that, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, ugh. just changes got to be made. That's all we know. Changes got to be made. Right. Right. So before before we close it out, I know we got a lot out. We got a lot out. We, we ran. Yeah. Everything we this is a, basically a therapy session. Another therapy session is basically what this was. Yeah, man. If you're listening, I know you. I know you pretty much heard me and AB go from like 10 zero to, to <laughs> zero to one hundred and back to zero because we are tired, bro. Like we come on. Let me let me say this, man. Let me say this. We come on this podcast every week, maybe like twice a week. Sometimes we try to put we we put relentless effort in to try to give y'all good stuff, bro. Like, and it's just, it's sickening, bro, to have like a coach have a program that like doesn't put in the same effort as the fans, bro. Like we spend money on merch. We, we do all these things because we love the Gators. Like we love our team. Yeah. But when people in charge don't care as much as you do, it sucks as a fan, bro. I like, I will straight up say, because this is my first season actually having, like, a podcast to do. And sometimes I come on here, bro, and, like, with how the season's going, I literally have to, like, get into a space where I'm like, all right, I got to talk about what I saw Saturday. Because I, I internalize it, and it bothers me so much as a fan. But we get on here, and we, we chop it up, bro. And I get so just frustrated thinking about some of this stuff. This is horrible, dude. It's horrible. And I, I want to change for Gator football. It's It's – this ain't it, man. It really ain't. Yeah, I mean, we're we're used to winning. Yeah. And we're used to competing for championships, and we're just not doing that right now. 
It's bad, man. Like, like, and that that shouldn't be the case. We should always be one of the top ten teams, not only in the SEC but in the country. Yep. Simple. Simply. So, before we um close it out, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, I, I just said I just said mine, man. I'm pretty. That's, yeah. That's pretty much it, man. I just I just want to see us be great and Gator fans. We gotta sit together, like. I know it's tough. We're all mad. But please, for the love of God, don't send no death threats. Don't do nothing crazy. It's all hard for us, but, you know, Dan Mullen is a human. Even may, may not like him. He's a human, and the coaching staffs are humans, and players are the players' families. Just try to be classy, bro. And, you know, it's a tough season for everybody. It's a tough season for everybody. And, yeah, man, we just got to – we got to – what did he say? Uh, uh, you got to stick it through. Yeah, I mean – in all kinds of weather, ain't that what they always say? Man, it's been mighty snowy and cloudy. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Man, it's storming out there, pretty much. <sighs> Talking about a swamp, huh? Mm, I mean, yeah, I pretty much said my final thoughts too. I mean, we, I just want to see us getting back to competing and winning championships, man. I mean, because we're the University of Florida. We're one of the premier programs in college football, so. We we need to, we need to start acting like that. We need to start getting back to recruiting at a high level, coaching and playing at a high level, competing for championships in every not just every sport, but in um in, in most likely more more so in football because football is what Bill builds most programs. Mm-hmm. So this is the most important sport. Out there, so it's just it just is, man. It's just whoa. I gotta send something to you. So if if we if we ain't winning in football, all right, I, I can't wait to see that. By the way, but if we ain't winning in football, do you not realize that could be a trickle down effect? Like it's crazy. Yeah, it absolutely is. And also, if you're listening, um, Jason Higdon posted something. So I think we're gonna get some news tomorrow. I don't know what it is, but hopefully something good, bro. Yeah, no, nobody really knows what it is right now. But hopefully, yeah, there's a lot of um, people posting gifs and stuff on here. So uh, I'm on here right now. Like, what, I don't know what's going on. Cause Corey Bennett been posting some gif. Like I don't know what's going on right now. He did. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. But um. Yeah, like like we were saying, we just want to see we just want to see the program get back to what it was. Yeah, like, like that's all, that's all we can do. We have to, bro. We have to. Definitely. So, yeah, Jerry, I think you got the song this time, and we may. But before that, though, we may we, we'll probably we may be back on Thursday work. If Jerry's good enough, if Jerry's good to do it, if, yeah. if we're if we're all there mentally, yeah, man, it, it, I ain't gonna lie, man. I I got to the point. I was like, man, I need to take a freaking mental holiday break. Like this is crazy. But you know, hopefully, if we can't do a space, I mean, if we can't do a, a pod, maybe we could do a space. Yeah, you know, whatever, man. Like I, I'm down. I know a lot of the fans that we have, or a lot of people that listen. 
they love the spaces, so we can even do a space, man, to get everybody talking because I know everybody got some hot takes. Yeah. So you know, we'll see what we got going on later this week, bro. But we definitely going to get something going for sure, for sure. And if we can fit both of them in, we'll do that. If not, yep. man, look, we'll, we're we going to put something together for y'all. We definitely will. Yeah, yeah. And plus, I think something's going to happen this week. So, we'll probably, yeah. We, we, definitely we hope it happens. It got to. Man, if it don't, got if it to. don't happen, it, uh, everybody might have to get in their car and drive to Gainesville. That's all I'm going to say. We riot. <laughs> like, this thing going to be on CNN and every other station. That, that, that's what's going to happen. Yup, literally. <laughs> but Jerry, I, I I think you got the song this week. We'll oh man! This episode. Let oh me, man! Let me see if I can find the song, man. Let me see if I can find the song. I ain't even think about no freaking song, dog. I, I uh, know. I mean, I wasn't either, but let's see, let's see. Just uh, yeah, let's do seasons by uh, Kendrick Lamar, like Mozzie. I think this would be a good one. Seasons change. Hey. Yeah. Because uh, we don't need one. Sure enough, bro. Yeah, definitely. So, that being said, this has been another great episode of the Swap Inside Ford Athletics. For your co-hosts, Anthony Beck and Jerry Brown, we leave you as we always do. Go Gators and God bless. God bless, man.
Mama told me they was demons And she ain't never lied on her Jesus She worked her ass off just to beat us She went to Ross to cop the new Adidas She used to tap in with all the teachers They wouldn't teach him nothing, it's no secret Whole lot of crime, little niggas beefing We gotta keep it or end up a victim Trapped in the system, trafficking drugs Modern day slavery, African thugs We go to war for this African blood We go to war for this African blood When I put niggas on, it was all out of love You was disloyal, can't call it no love Poverty, jealousy, negativity, tongue We stole with it, niggas know we gon' get it Season change Dodging cops, fuck around and get locked You ain't never coming home with it Look my nigga, I came from the sewer Don't shit on my past, you ain't come from a newer You see reason and you see LA But bitch, I ain't come from no more Just know all my niggas, we struggle for it Have to hustle for it, cry puddles for it My pops watch his sister get locked for it I done see my niggas get knocked for it Like, give me that I carry the llama like a piggyback I carry my city like guilt that ain't got no forgiveness No way out shit, we locked in the system Catch a case and they not gon' forgive ya White skin, you be out before Christmas Shit, auntie miss eight of those days Tears from it, had to pray those days Had to slave those days Shit, we had to hit up a couple hood giveaways those days Thank God for every inch that he gave us Thank God for everything cause he made us Like when that car bit the block, block, block Hit the homie, but we made it to ER and he saved us Thinking that he could've died, nigga We was praying to the sky and his mama cried rivers Healed up, but tough luck He tried to get revenge, had to drop bullets popped and it killed him Worst part is that it sounds so familiar I am T'Challa I am Killmonger One world, one God, one family Celebration